We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Close the damn door, man, you're letting all the Wi-Fi out. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Hold On, I'm Almost There. there. A show about life's little annoyances, personal growth, dad life, and so much more. more. With your hosts, Uncle Frank, Shane, back from the COVID shot number two and our very own tom mungia so have a seat do them chores or twist a wrench while we dive down the rabbit hole what's up zodiac killer (laughs) (laughs) so word of the day this one is intriguing to me i always love words that different cultures have that uh that we don't for different things, and this one is Altvehan. It is the Dutch practice of jogging or walking in the wind, especially in the winter, for the purpose of feeling invigorated while relieving stress and boosting one's general health. And I will tell you, after living in uh, a northern part of America for several years, it is invigorating. It brings the spirit out. It gives you a little bit of Jesus. So out, out beyond next Monday and Tuesday here in Houston, we're going to be able to do a little out beyond because it's supposed to be two degrees and six degrees. That's uh, not going to happen. Exactly. That's there's no I'll, way I'll believe that when that happens. All right. Yeah. Hey, you know what? My my one of my kids prayed for snow and here we go. Jesus delivers, man. God works in mysterious ways, brother. There you go. He didn't get it for Christmas, but it's going <laughs> to happen for President's Day. February. <laughs> All right. And now we have Tom with our Australian fun fact for our listeners down under. Right. Hi, mate. We talked about it last week that uh, we had a listener in Australia. We we're trying to figure out who it was. I thought it might be one of my friends on Twitter, Sharon. So I did some investigation. I did my best. Uh, Hispanic, you know, the world's greatest Hispanic. You know who that is. Hispanic detective is, don't you? You know his uh, name? Dick Tracy? No. It's Pablo Sher- Gomez? Sherlock Holmes, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I did my best investigation. I contacted Sharon, and yes, indeed, it was her. She has listened to the show. I think she's been listening to every episode. She's sweet. I met her on Twitter. Over the course of time that we met, I mean, this has been going on over a year that, you know, we've conversed about music, movies, and stuff like that. The only thing I had ever known, really, about Australia was... My first fact, they were, an Australian group was the first album I had ever bought with my own money, and that was Men at Work. And, nice. of course, we – yeah, Men at Work, groovy song, uh, Who Can It Be Now? They talked about the Vegemite sandwiches. So I yeah. said, is that a real thing? For Sharon real. said they're delicious. No. It no. doesn't sound delicious. She said they're delicious. Now, we know all about uh, they have the kangaroos and the koalas. They also have some of the deadliest snakes in the world, the top two deadliest snakes. Mm-hmm. Sharon one time tweeted out a pic of a tiger snake. It's not the top two, but it's a very deadly snake. You're talking about a, a tiger's dangerous. A snake is dangerous. Imagine a tiger snake. She has to call and get a snake wrangler to get this thing off of her back porch because it's dead. You can't go out there. You don't want to go out there and get bit by this snake 
that's bad news. Kill it. We've all <laughs> for well, real. Also, we know over the course of time, I've talked about one of my bucket list items is I want to go swimming in a shark cage with great white sharks, right? So she had tweeted out a picture of a place where she goes walking, and at the end of this pier, they have a shark cage. And you oh. go down in this shark cage. And I asked her, I said, like, why? basically in your backyard, you've got sharks swimming around. you got these dangerous snakes on your back porch. You've got these kangaroos that are uh, aggressive. They go around punching people. I said, well, how do you <laughs> – how do? You, what do you all do? I mean, I, I would not be comfortable going into the beach and taking a swim. She said, well, they have helicopters, and the helicopters are always flying around. As soon as they see a great white shark or any shark, they, they sound off these alarms. She said, they go off all day, every day. You'll hear these when to get out of the water. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. It, it, how do you live like this? And then, of course, like I said, we talked about our love of music. We both share a love of Phil Collins. So here's the craziest fact. We both love Phil Collins so much, I had told her, and I made a promise to her, when I get out there, to Australia to swim in one of those shark cages. Me and you, we're gonna go do some karaoke to "Easy Lover," the Phil Collins song. Easy Lover. Sharon said that sounds. Sharon said that sounds great. Let's do it. But little did Sharon know that eventually I'd end up on this podcast. We'd have this global reach. Sharon's on the other side of the world. Hey, right? Sharon. She's there making these, you know, agreements and these, uh, ex- you know, accepting all these challenges to sing karaoke. But. We're going to have a YouTube channel one of these days. I'm going to get the more, the bigger this podcast gets, I'm going to be doing a live feed from Australia, singing oh, yeah. karaoke, easy lover with Sharon, and the whole world's going to see it. So she better get her pipes ready because we're coming to Australia one of these days. You're going to see me swimming with sharks and you can see me singing with Sharon. So that's Sharon, one of the craziest facts. Sharon and Tom, I just want to uh, reiterate, I come from a land down under. <laughs> where the beer does flow and the men chumba. Can't you hear, can't you chumba, hear the thunder? Chumba. You better run, you better take cover. <laughs> That's horrible. That's bad. Was the didgeridoo playing after oh, that? If there's not a didgeridoo, is it really Australian? Oh, there you go. Yeah, the didgeridoo. I had, I I had a... When you ask stuff like that. No, I, I had a... I had a roommate in college that <laughs> he went and got himself a didgeridoo. And so uh, so I was playing the bass and my buddy was playing the guitar and he decided he would just enter the fray with a didgeridoo. And it was the worst thing ever. Dude, how oh. long was that didgeridoo? Hey, hey, hey. Oh, whoa. Well, he was, he, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't want to talk about <laughs> genetics. But... <laughs> He was 5'2", and he sat on, uh, I, w- I would guess it was about a good four or five feet. Yeah, they're they're huge. They're man, huge. Yeah. A My huge goodness. didgeridoo story <laughs> in my life. Oh, man. So, speaking of huge didgeridoos and things that have to do with stuff like that, we have a special announcement. This week... Right. Is Tom's birthday. Yes, birthday. tomorrow. Tomorrow. And we are going to commemorate Tom's birthday with a little surprise for everyone listening, new and old members of the gang. We are going to run a contest. We are looking for a new name for Tom. A lot Nickname. of folks, a lot of folks 
messaged in and said they didn't like the gun show. <laughs> didn't really mesh well with the messages he was sending. So have a couple of listens to some of our uh, Monday motivational messages out there. Listen to some of our regular episodes and throw in your best name for Tom Mungia. I don't know how we don't go with Zodiac Stalker. <laughs> Zodiac. Well, that's already taken. We can't go with Zodiac. Yeah, I no, Zodiac, Zodiac right. Killer is taken. Zodiac Stalker. <laughs> Zodiac Runner. Maybe even ever. more apropos. <laughs> I I uh, I I did not. Uh, I unfortunately I was not able to be on the last podcast because I was uh, hit up with the second COVID shot. But uh, that story about Tom running and thinking he was being chased and yet he was chasing somebody, yeah. some gal with a ponytail. Oh. I I was dying driving to work listening to that. I almost ran off the road. Uh, I knew where it was going the whole time. No, you I, did not. I did. I did. I didn't know. I no. honestly thought somebody like no. was gonna jump out at him and like try to chloroform his face. <laughs> no, once he said he started to hear footsteps that were, uh, you know, going along the same pace of, as him, and then he, when he sped up, they sped up. I was like, "There's some somebody in front of him. He's chasing somebody, and he doesn't know it." I. Sw- I knew it the whole time, and it's still <laughs> I was laughing my butt off. Some guy flipped me off on the road, and I didn't care. I laughed so hard. I thought that was the best story ever. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So I'm <clears throat> glad Shane brought that up because he's helping build this whole thing up. Uh, Tom, why don't you go ahead and tell us what the winner of this contest is going to get? Oh, well, our good buddy Carlos with Ugly Guppy printing, he's going Ugly Guppy. Ugly Guppy. We actually lost you there for a second, Tom. Yeah, Tom Tom froze. You should see his face. Yeah. (laughs) He's very, very intent. He's very like, I might punch you in the face right now. I don't know. Yeah. He's, oh, man. So... While he while his bit rate catches up to him there. There we go. He's back now. Yeah, we got you back. All right. Well, our good buddy Carlos with Ugly Guppy, he's going to do print us up some hoodies, some black hoodies with hold on. I'm almost there across the front. We're going to probably put a stay sharp going down one of the sleeves. And the winner of the contest of the nickname contest is going to get one of these hoodies. So don't wear it in San Francisco. Don't get out of a white van uh, in the fog. (laughs) You, you know, you might get yourself in trouble, but, you know, we're going to have a winner. We're going to have a, a fun contest. Get as many uh, suggestions in as possible. We'll, I was thinking what we'll do, we'll pick like the top two or three that we get that we like, and then we'll let the listeners choose which one they want. Absolutely. And we'll go from there. Nice. And to and even, go along with that. And even our, my mother will only get one one vote. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we got to keep an yeah. eye on that one. Yeah, we yeah. can't let her stuff okay. the ballot. That's what's her, what's her Twitter handle? <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, you don't talk enough. <laughs> um, so I also uh, purchased some stickers for the for the podcast. So Tom should be right, sending hold, those yeah, out. Uh, uh, hold, hold on, Frank. We had a problem with the stickers, everybody. Uh, there were some mistakes made. We didn't get the word podcast put on the sticker. But this is one of those perfect opportunities I was talking about. You take something and you make something better of it. You learn. 
you you move on, you you make do with what you have, you adapt, just like we've always talked about. You know, other people, you know, you don't want to be one of those people that points the finger, assesses blame. We don't do that. Nobody's going to do that. You know, so we're going to move on. We're going to try to prove we're better than that. So Shane, you know, we're just going to let, you know, we're we're just we're going to give here's, forgive Frank this time. Here's, you know, here here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's right. what I've always said, and Frank can attest to this. I've known Frank long enough. He's heard me say this before. If there needs to be blame pointed, feel free to point it at me. I'm all I'm all for it. I'm I'm okay with the blame. Yeah. As long as there's no repercussions, <laughs> I'll take the blame. If um, if if that yeah. allows us to move on to a productive solution, yeah. I will take. Even though I was sick, I wasn't here. Right. You know, I right. wasn't a part of it. It's it's obviously Frank's fault. But whatever. Record. That's you know, awesome. Yeah, it doesn't that's, matter. You know, yeah. you, can, you can place the blame on me. That's I'll, what a real. I'll yeah. take it. That's what I'm a real a, teammate does. Yes. I'm I'm a gentleman. Right. Yeah. So that that's how we're gonna approach it. We're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna assess any blame. No, we're not gonna point any fingers. I'm sure Frank feels bad enough as it is. So we're just gonna move on. Did, did you say Frank feels fat enough? That's me, dude. <laughs> that's that's brutal. Frank's not fat. Frank's no. even mild mildly husky. That's not that very is. nice. Medium husky. Right here. I, and I want to clear something up. I, I think, uh, you know, you know, after listening to the last episode when Tank was on, Tank, if you're listening, brother, I'm really sorry I didn't get to talk to you. Although I felt like at times I was listening to myself. Um, you, you have a very similar uh, colloquial style as I do. But Frank, uh, 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 Tank, I don't wipe back to front. Okay, brother? <laughs> I don't do that. No, he said wait, front wait, to back. Yeah. No, back. no, he no, I listened to it. He said he said back to front. I don't wipe back to front. Frank wipes back to front because he's an no, alien. No. no, no. I wipe front to I I wipe I, I wipe back to front. Frank wipes front to back. I'm I'm like, lost like here. A woman. You just argued yourself into what you said you didn't do, <laughs> but then you said you did do what you said you didn't do. Help, help me out it, here. It's a, if you're going to be it, a life the, coach on the alien spaceship, <laughs> you're going to have to get your story straight because this I, is not going to I think you are mistaking the logic of the aliens. Um, <laughs> I don't think they have that much logic. But I, I'm, I'm a back-to-front guy. Frank is a front-to-back guy like a woman. Like, <laughs> okay, well, it gets the job done. I'm using a bidet now, so I just wiggle a little bit, knock off the excess water, and uh, pat dry. It's, it's do great. you uh, do you just use the garden hose? I'm gonna, yeah, it, it might come down to that. Yes, indeed. And uh, along with <laughs> along with Tom's birthday, we're gonna be talking about rituals today. Oh, because I mentioned it the other day, and. I was I was corrected by Tom in that thinking that, you know, rituals always came with a good thing at the end. And he says, no, you know what, man, there are some bad rituals out there that keep you stagnant, keep you in in those spots that you're in. So we're going to jump into that and talk about what rituals you have that keep you successful and keep you in those good habits. Right. I like it. 
So who's, who's, who's going to go? Tom wakes up at four o'clock in the morning and then goes on these crazy rides with like 26 and 30, 36 hours with no sleep. What are some of the rituals that you go go through to push yourself to, you know, to 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 get up, to make sure that you go out there and you're going hard? Well, uh, one of the things I, I really believe in, it's going to be one of these days we're going to do it as a Monday motivation topic. But we always talk about, especially with the beginning of this new year, you want to win the year. Well, in order to win the year, you have to win the months. In order to win the months, you've got to win the weeks. To win the weeks, you got to win the days. And to start off winning days, you have to win the mornings. Nothing's more important than the morning. And the first task of the day, the first part of your ritual is what? Getting up. One of my biggest pet peeves is people who tell me how much they push the snooze button. You know, I've talked to people, they they set alarms, like seven different alarms in order to get up. You you can't do that. It, I mean, you have to have a... The, the saying, you snooze, you lose, I truly believe that. When that alarm goes off, you need to hit it, get up. I know it's hard. Look, I like sleeping just as much as anybody else. But you, you have to get up. You don't want to wave the white flag on the first task of the day. You need to realize that you're, you're blessed with the opportunity to get up and get going. Not everybody is blessed with that opportunity. I know. I've showed up at plenty of calls where the person did not get that wake-up call. So you need to get up. You need to get your day going as hard as it may be. Uh, one of the things that I do is when I'm laying in bed, and like I said, it's 3.30. I don't feel like getting up. But I think about, you know, there's people that, you know, that I kind of like will say just don't look up to or they, I don't want to be like, right? There's people that you know that I don't want to be like that person. I think to myself, what would they do right now if that alarm went off? They'd stay in bed. I can't do that. I've got to get up. So that's what I do. Or you can do the opposite. Who's that person that I really idolize? Who's that person that I mo that motivates me when I watch them on TV or YouTube or when I read their book? What would they do right now in this situation? They would get up. You got to get up. You do the same thing. And as soon as you get up, the second task of the day that I do is I turn around and I make my bed. I make my bed. There was a guy, he's, he's a military, some type of a, a general or something. He gave an entire graduating speech about making your bed and the importance of making your bed and how important it is to your daily rituals like we're talking about. So that's yep. what I do. And I turn around, I make that bed and I move. If it's 3.30 in the morning, of course, I don't kick my wife out of bed. Hey, you know, get up. I got to make the bed. You should. You should. <laughs> I just make mine and then I get on. Now you've already got two tasks. The two most important tasks of the day, done. You built momentum to have a successful day, to have a successful week, to have a successful month. You're moving in the right direction already. Well, on the other hand, if you don't, you're already behind. You know, you're already playing catch up. You know, you've already basically surrendered the day. You know, it's it's hard to play catch up once you've already given up on waking up, getting up on doing the first task. It's just it's it builds a snowball in the wrong direction. So that's one of the most important rituals I believe in. In it. It's what I do every morning, and you just have to find a way to do it. I like that. Um, there is a, uh, a a really good book called Twelve Rules of Life by Jordan Peterson, um, and and one of the things he emphasizes is making your bed. Much in the similar way, I saw that video of uh, I think he was a colonel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was a colonel, um, and I thought that was so 
so apropos. Um, and I, and I appreciate the, the folks that can't, you know, aren't morning people can't get up in the morning, can't make that happen. You know, their, their clock doesn't start ticking till, you know, afternoon and then they're ready to go. Whereas my clock starts to tick early in the morning and by the afternoon I hit my wall. But, uh, ritual wise, I think one of the most important rituals I do during the early morning is I try and take in a little bit of the good book. Uh, I'll find yeah. a, a, a scripture or a verse or even if it's something on an offshoot of the Bible, you know, maybe the uh, the I think it, it's uh, one of the Dead Sea Scrolls is in an uh, Enoch, uh, the the scripture of Enoch or the the book according to uh, Judas, whatever it may be. What I'm trying to do is e even if it's a, a Buddhist philosophy, I'm trying to take in some wisdom right. that might help me through my day. Right. And uh, I think it's important to start your day with something that might touch you a little deeper than just the physical presence of what's around you. You know, right. try and connect yourself to something beyond yourself. Right. Because right. it's out because it's out there. Right. So that was a 2014 University of Texas commencement speech there you by go. an Admiral McRaven. Ah, uh, there you go. Admiral. Wow, yeah. even better. That, wow. that that's that's navy. All right. So, uh, you know, we were talking about rituals, and and it was part of partly because we were watching the Super Bowl. It, you know, Tom Brady jumped into this team that was, you know, nobody had ever really paid much attention to, and his his rituals that he brought to that team along with, you know, some of the other people and established folks that he had played with, they spread their rituals throughout that locker room in order to make this team great in that everyone did a little bit more than they needed to or they thought they could maybe. So it's, it, it, it's part of it in building these rituals, building these habits to make sure that you're pushing yourself, you're driving yourself towards a goal. And, you know, it, it was so funny that Tom was just like, hey, there's there's good rituals and there's bad rituals. Right. You know, the, these these really cool rituals that we celebrate, you know, like birthdays, uh, anniversaries, they, they all have a, a good feeling for the most part. You know, most people are excited that it's their birthday. Most people are excited that, hey, it's my anniversary. We're going to go out to dinner. We're going to, you know, I'm going to come home with a new car like they do in those Christmas commercials or whatever, right? So all these things that are attached to these rituals. Build yourself a ritual or a habit where you reward yourself anything. It could be absolutely anything for for creating these little milestones for yourself hey i got out of bed stop by or you got out of bed you made you made your bed you know stop by somewhere you know get yourself a coffee or right. you know um hell i don't know fix your hair a different way hey you know little rewards will exactly. lead up to really really great habits because get, get the get that breakfast taco with the ham on with the ham on, ham on. yes I'm, 
Here's what I want to throw. I want to throw out there because you mentioned the Super Bowl, and we don't talk a lot of sports on here. And I know uh, the three of us do, in fact, uh, pay attention to uh, different sports franchises. But which one of you thought that Kansas City was going to get absolutely dirt stomped? Nobody did. Nobody. Now no. this is, we have to apologize. We have a lot of listeners in KC, big <laughs> Chiefs fans. We love you. We're not. I I love Kansas City. <laughs> I was rooting for KC. I wanted KC to win. I, I did not ex. I yeah, I did too. I did not expect them to get humiliated like a nerd on the school grounds. It was amazing to watch Tampa Bay's defense just absolutely manhandled them. Yes. It was. I I had no idea. I I watched. The first half, and I was like, there is no way. There's no way KC's coming back from this. Even if they put together in a remarkable second half, it was just the the domination of the uh the of the defense of and Tampa a lot Bay. of that a lot of that, you know, um I have yet to read the book, but uh what is that? Is it uh T B twelve? Yes. He talks about a lot of his his day to day activities and what he does to prepare himself. And one of the things that he spends a lot of time doing is watching film. Right. I am super sure that they just dissected every single game since you know this latest head coach got there. They're watching every single play to be ready. They're watching kneecaps as they turn. They're watching fingers as they move on the line. They're getting ready and they're preparing themselves. Proper preparation prevents yeah. poor performance. So... Basically, the story of my life. Thanks. <laughs> you know, people see the end part. They see the Super Bowl. They'll see, a, you know, a box, you know, boxer, and they think that the the winning happens at that moment. They think it happened Sunday. They think it happened the night of the boxing match. The winning happened in all the preparation. The yeah. things we don't see. So many times, it gets taken for granted. You see somebody who, who's, you know, his excellence. You see his excellence. You don't see him early in the morning when he was, you know, out there when nobody else was doing it, when he was reading, when he was studying, his diet, you know, what he was and wasn't eating. We just take all that for granted and we that it, this guy's just better than everybody else. Well, why is he better than everybody else? It's right. because of that all the stuff you don't see. Um that, and, that and harkens, that's what really gets me. That harkens back to MJ and Kobe right. and, and Elijah Wan and yes. uh you know, so many of the great. I, I'm a big basketball fan, so I've watched a lot of basketball after uh, over the past 20 years. And you've got these dominant performances that seem like they're very keen in the moment and very right. natural in the moment, but you don't realize all the film they're taking in. Yes. You know, during the weeks, waiting for that that fight against Steve Nash's yeah. uh, Phoenix Suns, or right. you know, whatever, or. It's just preparation. Right. And I you know, so, it, it makes me wonder ahead. what's our preparation for life? Right. Are, exactly. are we preparing for life? Are we sitting down and considering the events of the day and the events of the week and, and preparing psychologically and physically for that? Yeah. Yeah. So, and not, not really... to be, not to be too, uh, Lebowski about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Really quickly, I remember when I heard that Brady went to uh, Tampa Bay and 
they were commenting on the fact that he wanted a list of everyone that was on the team, their address, where they were at. He was calling them in to go and have a retreat with these guys to get to know them, understanding who his foundation was to make them stronger, to to push them to do a little bit more. And, you know, that leadership qualities right there in that you have to know everyone. You have to, you, they have to know you as well, what you're about, what you're trying to do. So that everyone is reading from the same book, everyone's singing the same hymns, and everyone's rituals are matching. Right, right, right. And it, it's it's so crazy. Uh, there was a book that I just started reading. It's called The Coddling of the American Mind. And it, at first, it was a little bit of an eye roll. I thought this guy was kind of crazy, but I kept on listening. And one of the quotes that just really sticking with me is that how we prepare our children for for tomorrow in that we need to prepare them for the road instead of trying to prepare the road for them yes and it is so crazy the the book is really good you have to read it with an open mind uh this guy you know at times i'm just like oh that's that's pretty out there but at the same time, it makes sense. It's like, well, if I do helicopter parent my child, they're never going to experience what they need in order to thrive and survive when they leave the nest. Right. They're going to continuously come back. And, you know, that got me to thinking even more on the rituals. What are some of your rituals that you do to get ready for work, to to prepare yourself for traffic, you know, I mean, you have to be in a mindset whenever you're ready, whenever you're out there, because we're we're in these, you know, 3000 pound machines that are doing 70, 80 miles an hour down the road. That's <clears throat> you know, that that's crazy. Yeah, I'll take it a step further. Once I, for me, for example, uh, I'm a paramedic firefighter with the Houston Fire Department, which y'all know that. One of the things I have to do in my ritual when I get there, as soon as I get there, I check that unit out, you know, head to toe. I make sure I have everything I could possibly need because at any second, once I walk in there, the alarm's going to go off and who knows what kind of call I'm responding to. And when I get there, I need to have what I need in order to take care of the situation. And I go every morning. It's the same ritual that I do so that I make sure I don't forget anything, that I don't forget a step. So once you create that ritual, that routine, you stick with it. You stick with it every time, whether you feel good, whether you feel bad. And uh, I had to learn the hard way, regardless of what you're told about what's on that unit. You have to go and visually check it because I was told, well, I'll just say a friend of mine related the story to me. that <laughs> He was told that, hey, the unit has plenty of gas. So the guy took his word for it. He goes on a call, very first call of the day. He gets to the call. He, there's a woman needs to go to the hospital. While en route to the hospital, the unit ran out of gas. Oh. Now, that, wait, wait, wait. Before you keep telling the story, tell the story as if you were Mick getting on to this guy. Because <laughs> you have the most excellent <laughs> Mick. You, you're uh, talking about from Rocky? Yeah. <laughs> but I can't tell you this. I can't explain. 
but it'll take away from the seriousness. Okay, okay, okay. So then, so my friend, quote unquote, my friend told me, you know, he had to wait for uh, another unit to come and take the woman to the hospital because he had to sit there and wait for the mechanic to come and bring him gas. Now, what if this was a woman having a heart attack or a stroke or was in cardiac arrest? Mm. Because that my friend didn't stick to his ritual and visually check and make sure it had the gas that it needed, he put himself and any potential patient in in a precarious situation. And my friend has reiterated to me that he will never do that again. And I know for a fact he does not. He, you can tell me you just got back from putting gas. I will turn it on and I'm going to look and make sure that there's plenty of gas inside of that unit and every other uh, possible tool or, or uh, medication, whatever I might possibly need for the day. I'm, I have to make sure it's there. Yeah. The fun, and that, the, the fun part is when uh, you think you've got your act together, you've checked all your tools, you've checked everything that's going on and still the day goes sideways yeah. and you've got to come up with a new plan. Yes. And that's, that's part of being resilient. Yes. You know, leaving leaving it up to what you have in the experience bag, those rituals, right? right. Uh, it was saying that kids don't get a lot of uh, unattended free play, right? So we, you know, as kids from, you know, the 80s, 70s, right. stuff like that, we were left alone to our own devices Correct. for hours at a time. Yeah. And that taught us our threshold for pain, our our threshold for how much trouble we were willing to get into. Today's kids, you know, where there's a, an adult supervision is required at all times. We we don't let them go outside enough. We don't let them, you know, kind of hurt themselves enough, if you will, quote unquote, you know, skinning their knees or, you know, skinning their elbows and stuff like that. We we bubble wrap them and they're not able to have these experiences so that when they're out there on their own and alone, when they have something like this, their entire world crumbles and they have no idea what to do or where to turn to. And, um, part of, uh, I remember going back when my kids were, you know, they were old enough to talk. And I think I've mentioned this before on the show, but I would have them sing my phone number back to me as uh, like uh, either like twinkle, twinkle, little star rhyme to it. Um, And both my wife's and my and my phone number so that should they ever get lost or anything like that, they would know our numbers and and I would reward them with it. Every time they, they were able to sing my phone number, they got a prize, they got a reward, a toy or something like that. And I guarantee you, if I pulled one of those little jokers up here, they would be, I would say, sing that, sing me my phone number and they would know both of ours. Awesome. You know, it's, it's, it is important to let your kids be resilient. And I think we'll, we will be surprised at how resilient our kids are. Um, and I only say that because there was an experience where, uh, myself and my stepbrother decided to go out with our BB guns, uh, in the, in, into the woods, which really wasn't more than a mile from our house. And we were going to go kill some squirrels or whatever we were going to do. We had our dog with us and, we were rolling around maybe too long into the woods and all of a sudden it got dark 
and we started walking back and, and, uh, he was a little younger than I was and he was scared and he was, uh, he was very frightened because it was dark. He was afraid of the dark and I was a little bit older. I, I maybe I was 14 or 15 years old. I said, okay, we're going to go up here. We're going to find the dirt road and we're going to be good. So we start going up the dirt road and I'm like, I know this dirt road's going to lead us up to the, where we get to our house. And we were probably a couple miles from the house by this point. And uh, some kind of pickup or some car was coming down the road, and he got spooked by it. He was like, you know, they're going to come get us. So we 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 hid in the bar ditch, uh, you know, the gully right by the road, uh, mainly just so he wouldn't be scared. Okay, fine. The car went by. We came back up, popped up, got up back on the road, walking around with our, our rifles, uh, and it was well, well, well after dark. It was probably, you know, in Oklahoma, it was probably eight o'clock at night in the winter. So we were both cold. So we walked our way back to the house and, and found our way. And I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was, you know, Hey, this is just how we get back. And, uh, later, uh, that week, both my folks were like, you know, that was very mature of you. You know, you took care of your brother, all this stuff. And I was like, man, I was just trying to get home. I wanted pizza. Right. Yeah. 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 It's all about that reward, man. <laughs> Got to get that reward. But I was That's so. That's how our brains work. What surprised me is that they were so proud of me. And I didn't feel like I did anything that was worth being proud of. I just walked home. Yeah. I just got up and walked home. <laughs> and uh, I, I think a lot of the things with our kids become intuitive in that way where they're just getting up and they're walking home. They're just getting up and doing what they know they need to do. We just are not aware as parents that they have that wherewithal to be able to, to walk home. Well, let me ask well, you, were your parents like that? I mean, were your parents, those, you know, people that took care of business and what I'm saying is maybe you learned that you saw that because oh, I yeah. noticed that with my father, I saw a lot of things that I thought as a kid, we're like, man, dad, that's crazy. Get into work so early so you make sure you're not late. But yet just instinctively, yeah. <laughs> I do the same thing. So it, it's just you you learn from what you see and how you've lived, basically. Yeah, they were both like that. They were both yeah. go-getters. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. More is caught than taught with the kids, man. Yeah. Good old uh... – Man, what was that guy's name that was on the show in the very, very beginning? God, I always quote him on Twitter, and now just his name escapes me. Well, I'll just say your face is caught and not taught. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, yeah, don't say anything. <laughs> don't, don't say nothing. Just don't let there nothing. be dead air. Just both yeah. of you guys just sit there. Yes. So more more on this book, right? So uh, we're talking about rituals. One of one of the rituals, and and you know, we talked about making your bed. I don't know why it's so hard to make your bed. Like you you get up, you roll out of bed. If someone's in the bed, yeah, of course you're not gonna kick them out. What what is it that you do whenever you you go to make your bed? What's step number one? Pillows. Pillows is number one. You got to get them up at the top, get them out right. of the way. Right. Right. And then you yank the sheets and the covers up, tuck them in at the bottom, make sure that it's nice and firm, nice and tight. And, uh, you, you know, then you kind of, kind of layer it out with your hand to get it nice and flat. 
see, it's easy for me because I do like you do. I, I make sure I get the pillow all the way to the front to the headboard. But I'm one of those guys that's always hot. I have two fans blowing on me. So I just have like a, a thin comforter. So I that's all I use. So just turn around, make sure it's, you know, kind of flap it real quick so it's, you know, straightens out and hang it over the end. My wife's still asleep, so I don't have to do her side. But, you know, that's it. You know, so making the bed, honestly, is, is not a task at all for me. You know, I want for some wanna, people it is. It's a challenge. Well, some people don't are not inclined to do it. But I want to get y'all's opinion here about something. So, over Christmas, uh, one of the my my wife, God bless her, uh, she knows that I'm not a good gift giver, and so she made a list of different things she wants. Because I'm obtuse, I don't realize these things. I'm a horrible <laughs> gift giver. She is an incredible gift giver. And uh, one of the things was a weighted blanket. Oh, oh I've heard great things one. about oh, those. Right? I love right? mine. So I went out and I got her a weighted blanket. I think it was like a, I don't know, it was a 15 or 20 pound weighted blanket. Right? That's what she put on the list. It's a shared list on her iPhones. Um, and, and in fact, one of the things she put, put on the list just to mess with me is Shane is a dork. Um, just <laughs> that's, just that's to make sure. To get. Yeah, just to make sure I was checking it, she put that on there. Um, so I went and got her a weighted blanket, and and she's a tiny gal. Um, <laughs> so I got her a weighted blanket, and she was so pumped about it. And it took her a week before she gave it up. She was like, this thing is crushing me. I can't breathe. Oh. It's, it's too heavy. I can't do it. Yeah, so it's supposed to be 10% body weight. Right. Well, I mean, so maybe for her, it would be five pounds. Um, but so she gave it to my daughter. My daughter loves it. Right. She just sleeps with it. She loves it. But I wanted to experience it. I wanted to try this weighted blanket, but it was it wasn't big enough to fit our king size bed. So she mainly had it. And then all of a sudden it was gone. Just gone. Just no way to blanket. Nobody cares. Your gift sucks. <laughs> and I was, I was, I was emotionally devastated. I'm like, here I went out. I got the thing that I thought you wanted the most. And she absolutely gave it up to our daughter. And I, when I go up in the morning, one of my rituals, uh, after I get home from the gym, I go check up on the kids because they have to get up for school. And I go up to my daughter's room and she's got this thing snuggled up. It's like a hundred pounds to her because she's tiny. Right. And I'm like, girl, you need to get up. It's time to get up or you're not going to make it to school. She's like, I'm so cozy. Don't wake me up. I'm like, so I have to pull all the blankets off of her bed. Her fans running all night long. She got the fan running, a weighted blanket, 18 pillows and the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, come on, get up. It's time. It's time to get. It's time to get activated in life. Let's get some Jesus. Come on, <laughs> Frank. How's your uh, weighted blanket working for you? I love my weighted blanket. I got a seventeen pound one, um, and at first I was like, "Man, this is garbage," because uh, I I just I was having problems falling asleep. And then once I figured out what my problem was with why I couldn't fall asleep, I was having the most vivid dreams that I've had in my life. 
uh man are you attributing that to the the weighted blanket i think so just the the and i was falling asleep in like five ten minutes really um i was never really a back sleeper but with this thing i i kind of sleep on my back and i have my feet outside of the weighted piece and i try to fold it so that I have a little bit more weight on my chest and shoulder area, not quite up to my neck, but um, chest and shoulder area and my hands either on my stomach or just kind of spread out on the side. And boy, oh boy, I mean, I'm talking about some crazy dreams. So one of the one of the craziest dreams that I had recently was I dreamt that they were making a blood sport part two called Kumite, <laughs> Never Surrender. And drug lords had bought the rights to have the Kumite like somewhere in South America. And they were um, they were interviewing someone, one of the drug lords, and then all of a sudden these people's faces started turning into zombies. And then uh, it was it was that guy Jackson's son. Um, he was there to fight in the Kumite. You know, they would sh- cut real quick shots to him wearing his dad's bandana. He was there to fight whoever got in his way. You know, whatever. And I was just like, oh my god, this is crazy! Like, this is an amazing dream. I so wish they would make that movie. I would go out and I would watch that movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, those, that's the kind of dreams that I'm talking about. It was just like, yeah. he, like you were there. Homie, you are a sociopath. <laughs> More hey, than but likely. You, but you're saying, so you don't cover your feet with a blanket? No, no. I, you you feet... do understand that's how the monsters get you, right? More right. than likely. And that's <laughs> probably what happened. That's how Kumite <laughs> Never Surrender happened. Because okay. Speaking, speaking of that, uh, when I was a kid and I was I was afraid of monsters getting me. Did either one of you like hang your leg over no, the bed? Never. No. Mm-hmm. That's like an invitation mm-hmm. for the monster. No, I would hang my leg over the bed and shake my my foot uh, at, at the ankle, just teasing to, them, ju- yeah. teasing them, just to taunt them. Be like, mm-hmm. come on, if you want some, come get some. I can't wait for the day that I happen to check up on my kids and they're doing that. I'm so going to like chomp on their exactly. fingers with my hand and just. Uh. <laughs> I, I read this thing where somebody put a, a baby monitor under the bed and the dad was like, oh, good night, kids. Good night. Good night, monster. And the mom was like, good night. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> awesome. That would be hilarious. I I would absolutely be the be the asshole dad that did that. <laughs> it was Iki Sama. Iki Sama. Iki. Iki Sama. More is caught than taught. There we go. Yeah, Iki like was that. cool. I like that. Iki yeah, was yeah, cool. he was great. I wonder if he would come back on. Um, sure. He well, not was... after you can't remember who he was. I mean, <laughs> well, I remembered eventually. <laughs> Poor memory, He's man. Like, I'm never going on that show. He's again. listening to this right now. He's like, I yeah. can't believe those assholes <laughs> forgot my name. I'm never yeah. going on that show. Like, I have the most original <laughs> name on the face of the planet, and these guys can't remember my name. I've had I've had a lot of scary sleep since then. 
Maybe uh, you could just I, go back and edit the show with it when you know at that part you just stick the name over the top. You go. I had I, I had the I had the the most scary dream of my entire life uh, a little over a month ago, um, and I hesitate to even talk about it, but I haven't spoken it out loud since then. I wouldn't even tell my wife; it disturbed me so much. I wouldn't tell her, um, but I think I'm far enough along that I can uh, have some psychological healing. Um, the I in, in my dream, my son was dying. Ooh. And he had some kind of disease that he was dying. And my my wife, uh, who's very pragmatic, was having him clean out his room, put stuff in boxes, you know, kind of get it out and get it out of the way. And I'm 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 not in my dream. I'm not really to the point of acceptance where she is and, and he is. He's to the point where he's like, yeah, I'm going to die. And I'm just dying inside. I'm like, you're making my child clean out his room, you know, in preparation for him dying. Dang. And, and oh, man, it hit so hard. It was so just gut-wrenching. And I woke up. I woke up crying, just tears. My wife woke up. She was like, what's wrong? I said, I can't even tell you. I can't even have the conversation. <laughs> for two or three days, she tried to convince me to tell her about the dream and I couldn't do it. It just hurt so bad that I couldn't, I couldn't even conceive of explaining how deeply just damaging this dream was, you know, the fact that a, he was dying, but that she, but, but that, that she was making him move on. And as I thought about it later on, like obviously in dreams, the people in the things you dream of are not, not really those things. So it was my subconscious. Uh, she represented my logical as aspect of my brain, and logical I was logical ass. My logical ass. She represented the logical aspect of my brain, and I was still living out the emotional aspect. Um, it it tore me up for like a week. It was crazy. Yeah, man, that that is scary. I couldn't imagine having a dream like that. Sometime Nuts. in a later episode, we'll have to talk about some dreams I had because of a sleep supplement I took. Ooh. <laughs> and what my wife had to endure because of it. So. Oh, man. Oh, I've, she, I've heard I of... Bite you off. <laughs> I was going to say, I've heard of people taking, like, Lunesta and things like that and, like, smacking their wife or shoving them off the bed and stuff like that. Oh, well, then just wait till you hear this story. All right. Well, <laughs> so oh we're going to wrap it up for tonight. Everybody, remember, if you want to throw us a recommendation for Tom's new nickname... Please, some good in, ones. Yeah, throw in some really good ones. You'll win I, yourself a sweater and right. some of these stickers. I don't know how, how Gun Show is not just a solid rep, man. Well, because they can't see him, I guess. I mean, we see him, he's like super ripped and just, <laughs> I mean... Golly, man. It makes me want to do more push-ups or, I don't know, try to lift the back end of my car or something. That's the, that, And that's one of my rituals in the morning also. After I make my bed, I do 10, either 10 push-ups or 10 quick squats just to get the blood pumping. It's called a, a body prime. You're priming your body. 10? Why not Why not 20 or 30? No, because you just, you just want to get your blood flow going. You okay. just want to get your blood flow going. 
Okay. I thought you were going to say you lift the back end of your car 10 times. I was like, I all right. All right, <laughs> no, man. No. All right. <clears throat> but yeah, throw us those recommendations on all Twitter. Right. Leave us a comment in the comments. Uh, we check those regularly. We're looking out for good stuff. Leave us a review. That's going to help us out tremendously. Get us some more listeners. Um, win yourself this awesome hoodie. And I was telling Tom when he was telling me this the other day, I might even just get one for myself just to yeah, kind of throw one. it out there. Yeah, for I'm sure. Get I, and I want to throw this out there to our listeners that aren't in America for uh, Tom's gal that's in Australia. Good day. And uh, for those uh, listeners that are in Germany, Farfignugan, Farfignugan, Wiener Schnitzel, Wiener Schnitzel, Wiener Schnitzel. Just, just whatever, whatever your colloquialism for get some, that's what we want to express. Right. Okay. okay. And everybody remember, still we we've got the shirts to take an order. We're up over six hundred dollars now. I don't know Woo! when the last time oh, we checked. Yes, that's awesome. Keep buying the shirts. Like Man. I said, our goal is now a thousand dollars. We will get there. I'm going tomorrow, as a matter of fact, to go interview Carlos for the show. Because we're having some scheduling issues. I'm going to go interview him, and we're going to play that interview probably on next week's episode. Awesome. Also, happy birthday, oh, Tom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you very much. Happy I appreciate birthday. it. Yeah. Wait, so man, man. And, and awesome. here's, here's what I always say to anyone when they say it's my birthday. Way to keep breathing. There you go. Just keep awesome. that up. In yeah. and out, right? In Not and out. everybody gets that, uh, gets that opportunity. So That's right. Getting yeah. ready to make next year the best year I've ever had, and... We're going to make the podcast even better and better. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Whoop, whoop. Kaizen. What up? Last week's word of the day there brought to you by Tank. Yeah. Old Tanker. Tanker Rodriguez. So, yeah. If you haven't downloaded last week's episode, check it out. Check out our Monday motivations. We send them out into the airwaves Monday mornings at 3.30. And so. if you would prefer for there to be some air supply on the Monday mornings, <laughs> just let the guys know. We will wake Tom. We will wake Shane up and have him say a couple of words. Indeed, indeed. So, uh, from us here at Hold On, I'm almost there. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, and have a great night, everybody. Stay sharp. Bup, 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 bup.